Hey guys, welcome back to, oh my gosh, it's been a while, hasn't it? Plot of Confusion, and oh, gotta say I'm very sorry, please forgive me for uh, my speech, I had surgery, um, I've had several surgeries, possibly got another surgery coming up, uh, but I had to get back on and get into the podcast, get back into the routine, get back into bringing you um, the best quality I can do. So, and I hope this year is going to start off be a little bit better than how last year ended. If I told you what happened at the end of last year, at the beginning of this year, and how I celebrated the brand new year, you would be like, what? How, when, and where, and why? Because that's where I am right now. And it's interesting, and the reason why I bring this up is that God, Yahuwah, He will put you where you need to be. Even though you will look at that circumstance and see that happening to you, and you'll be like, nope, at that moment in that time, you'll be like, nope, I don't need to be here. Nope, I shouldn't be here. Why am I here? Should I be here? How did I get here? And it's interesting. And it's very interesting. In the world today, we think that that we can do no wrong and that we are the greatest person and everything. But the truth of the matter is, is that we're all full of sin. And we, if we don't repent of that sin, turn from that sin then the devil will constantly keep plugging at that part of your 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 soul your spirit um and in doing so will exploit that for his kingdom but it's interesting that when he believes that he has destroyed you and you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and you believe that you have been destroyed. He believes that you have been destroyed. Both of you believe that you're done. You're ready to tap out. It's all over. And then here comes Jesus. Comes in and takes what the devil, Satan Lucifer, means for evil and brings good out of it. It is absolutely amazing. Amazing. Um, I, uh, for a long time in my life, I have in some ways dealt with depression. And I have always been dealing with that. And as of this year, I have fully been cured that's right cured of the disease the uh un, the the, uh, the unhealthy thoughts and in doing so been able to see the world in a whole new way instead of just looking at things spiritually it's mainly start looking at things physically and one thing that I want to bring up is the fact that we all, in some shape, form, or fashion, we have this idea of what Satan is. And we all have, in some ways, viewed Satan as just this spirit, this 
invisible entity that that comes in and he tempts you and tries to tear you down and bring you down but the truth of the matter is is that he is actually a fallen angel that can disguise as a angel of light and when i started looking at this and seeing that you know let's take satan and look at him as a physical being and then when you start to look at that whoo boy does it open up and let you start to see why movie stars why secret societies why all these places sit here and all the you know a lot of times i looked and gone you know how is it that that all these actors and musicians and everybody is on the bandwagon uh jumping on board for satan and and i know there's there's money and fame and wealth and all that that comes with it but there's a lot of other things that come with it too that is very destructive in your life and i'm like how is it but what if and this is something that just when i was sitting there in my lowest point in my life where i was sitting there and i was going to have to make a decision do i trust jesus like i say i do like i thought i did am i willing to surrender all to him and when i do am i going to be able to handle what he's going to want to purge out of my life and so when i got to that crossroads got to that point in my life and jesus has always been there for me but he has always been working on me and i sat there and the devil would throw everything at you and then all of a sudden i was like wait a second we always say that he's not omnipresent he's not like god he's not like yahuwah and then I had to go and I and I was like going back to reading the book of Genesis. You know, where you have in Genesis 6, which I'm going to read to you right now. Where in Genesis 6, you have the sons of God come down. And, you know, and it, and it came to pass when men began to multiply the face of the earth. And daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men the Ben Ha Elohim saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord Yahuwah said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants, the Nephilim, in the earth in those days, and also after that, that when the sons of God, the Ben Ha Elohim, came into the daughters of men, and bear children to them, the same became mighty men, which were old men of renown. Now, I mean, it comes in right there that these are not spiritual beings coming in, that they are actually physical. They're able to come and take the daughters and make them wives. And then you go and you go back to the very I mean, a prophecy that, that God, Yahuwah, gives 
right at the fall into sin. You, you have where the serpent, the Nakash, has come in, the fallen one has come in. And, and I always looked at it and it was like, okay, Eve doesn't find it very odd that a snake is talking to her. She doesn't find it odd at all. She's like, okay. Matter of fact, it was kind of commonplace. She, it, it, when you read it, the interaction between the two is like, this is not abnormal. Now the serpent, and when you get back to the Hebrew, it's the Nakash, was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now see, God made the angels. He created them. And they had a place that they were supposed to be and where they were supposed to stay, but they left where they were supposed to be. And that's why they're known as the fallen. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, the devil, Lucifer, he comes in like a serpent. He's searching, just like a snake. If you ever see a snake and a snake is sitting there, its tongue is coming out of its mouth and it's tasting the air around it. And it has heat receptors to be able to lock in on its prey and it uses its tongue to detect weaknesses. To detect the, the the environment and that's what Lucifer has done here he's testing the environment with the woman he's coming with her with truth interesting that Satan did the same with me he came with me with truth and I thought that I was doing what the father asked that's why you got to stay in prayer you got to stay on the right path the narrow path people it's very, very easy to fall off that path because the devil is all the way around everywhere. And so he comes to her and he says, the God, Yahuwah, he, he said, you shall eat of every tree of the garden. And when you go and you see, he, the God does tell, you can have all the fruits of the field, of the, the, all the garden, except the tree of knowledge except the tree of knowledge you may hear something that would be my uh, cat cringer coming into uh the room with me right now so if he typically will have a nice little so if you hear that that's going to be him and so the woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. She knew. She knew the rules. The same thing with the Bible. God gives us an open book test. He gives us his living word for us to be able to go to, open it up, read it for ourselves, obey what the teachings that it gives, and it will keep us on that narrow path. But so often, we all do this. We make concessions. And we go, it's not going to be that bad. 
and that's what happened here. And the servant said unto the woman, Ye not shall not surely die. In other words, again, he's coming at her again, saying, Hey, when you eat it, you're not going to die immediately. For God, Yahuwah, doeth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods. And that's what we're going to talk about today is about gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good or fruit and was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he ate. And then that is bringing in sin, is that through Adam was told by the Father what not to do. That's why sin comes in through our father, our mother. That's why Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. She had never been with a man. She never had the seed of sin implanted into her. Because the woman, as Paul tells us, is that the woman was beguiled, but it was Adam that sinned. It's why Jesus is known as the second Adam, the one without sin. But then there's a prophecy that the Father says. He goes on and he, he, he gives out the curses from, from seven, essentially from eight, through 14, God gives out what, what are the curses that's going to come because of this. But he makes sure that the serpent Lucifer knows, the Nakash knows that there is a curse coming to him. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall uh, bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Bam! It's going to be a killing blow. So at this moment in Genesis, at this moment, the Nakash, the fallen one, Lucifer knew immediately his time was ticking down. Now he has used deception every step of the way. And we're going to talk about how that deception has been playing out in our world in front of our eyes bigger than anything else in the world right now we have this event that that's I, my wife and I were watching a, a, a show and it was called and it's a, a manga or anime um, like Viking Saga and the first part of it is just very like war and all this hate and, and 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 it really plays out how hate can fuel a person to do some very hurtful and hateful things to mankind and then the second season shows how that hate can break you how that hate can whenever you're finally stripped of it that at the end of it, you're a hollow person. And I sat there and I said, you know, one thing that 
Satan does is that he loves to make war. He loves for mankind to fight amongst one another. He loves to put us where we think that we are on the, our cause is the righteous cause. And that in doing so, we believe that, that we are justified in fighting against our neighbor. And it's interesting that Jesus tells us this difference. He sits there and tells us to love our enemies. Don't fight against them. They come to heal the ones that are well. For the well don't need a physician, but the ones that are sick. And I look at our world today and I see our world is completely and absolutely sick. We have the wars taking place in Israel and in Gaza. We have all this unrest. We have in America an election coming up and everybody, whether they are Christian or not Christian or whatever people's belief systems are, they're all putting their hope in a man. And I'm telling you, you can't put your hope in a man. You have to put your hope in Christ Jesus. Because Satan will use what you think is good He will manipulate it as long as he can keep you in the vision. And so when I was at my lowest point, I was in a place that I never could imagine that I would have ever been in. I, I could never imagine where I was. To wake up and be where I was and not know how I got there, but knowing that allowing the seed of hatred no matter how small you may think it is it will grow in you and unless you have it rooted out by Jesus Christ it will consume you it will make it where you are literally it's captive as Satan plants all these little seeds in all of us. That's why Jesus talks about you reap what you sow. And I see a lot of really people that, that I know deep down they love Christ. And they're wanting to do the right thing. But they're putting their hope in the wrong thing. A lot of people put their hope in their finances. A lot of people put their hope in their uh, friendships, their families, their children. And Jesus says clearly to us, you cannot love your children more than me. You cannot love your spouse more than me. And a lot of people don't understand what that means. That means that you understand within yourself that only Jesus Christ is the one I should love the most over everything else. And that makes it difficult. It makes it hard. So when I was sitting there in this place that I couldn't imagine that I got to. It made me reflect 
on everything. Everything that was going on in my life before I got there, while I was there. And I had to come to a choice. The choice had to be, I had to make it. No one else could make it for me. I had to let go of that hate. Let go of that pride. Let go of those excuses. Let go of those things, but and give them up and give my life fully to Jesus Christ. So for me, it was simple. I was there and I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but I knew that the only thing I needed was Jesus. That was it. I also knew that I had surgeries coming up and whatever those outcomes were going to be, I had to know that I was giving it all to Jesus. And what that means is, is what comes out of your mouth. If you think saying bad words, curse words, is no big deal. It is. Very much so. See, Jesus says that the tongue is an unruly evil. One in which no man can tame. But you have to give it up to Jesus for him to tame it for you. The other thing that I had to come to understand is that love, love conquers all. I had to love the ones that had done me wrong. I had to love the ones that hated me. I had to love the ones that lied about me. I had to love the ones that Satan himself put into my life to be a stumbling block. I still had to love them. No matter what they did to me, at the end of the day, I still had to love them. And let me tell you, that is a hard thing to do. But I'll tell you that when you give it up to Jesus and you listen to what Jesus says, you'll understand that that is it. Love. Love stops wars. If you love your enemy as yourself, you will never raise your arm up against your enemy. See, the devil is a physical being. The people in Hollywood are looking at this man. I guarantee you, I've been reading this book just, just when I came back out. Um, and I got the, this book uh, called He Came to Set the Captives Free. And uh, it was really laid on my heart to, to read this book dealing with Satanism in America, in the world itself. And this book was published back in 1984, I think it was. Got it right next to me, so let me look. 86, published in 1986. And I just got into the seventh chapter. I just recently got it and started really delving into it. And this, this lady is named Melina is describing all the things that, that, that Satan has set up. And when she says, when Satan comes to us, it's not as a spirit. And, and this really 
kind of got me at first going, wait a second. Now we're getting some hoodoo stuff. But no. I went back into the word and it says they left their first estate. They left the realm of God. And Jesus tells us that God, the Father, is the Spirit. And that he tells Nicodemus and that you have to be born again. Not, you know, and he's like, can you enter your mother's womb a second time as an old man? And he's like, you're, you're a spiritual leader of the, of, of the nation of Israel and you don't know these things? And it made me sit there that Jesus says you have to worship the Father in the Spirit. And that constantly Jesus and, and Paul talks about this and that that you have to put away your flesh and worship in the Spirit. And when I started to see this, and, and, and it's something I already knew, but this put it into a whole other perspective that I was like, wait a second, the fallen angels are still here. They're still active. And I guarantee you, they're still in their physical form. The first estate they left was the spiritual realm. And when they left it, when they left it, they came into this physical. And it, you see this even with when uh, God comes. That he's talking to Abraham. And he sees these three men in the distance coming that look like a man. He sees them physically and they eat physically. Even in the book of Luke. Luke is he's, he's telling them. He says in, in Luke 24, 38, he says unto them, Why are you troubled? Why do your thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me. See me. For a spirit has not flesh and bone as ye see me have. So we understand that there is a physical side and there's a spiritual side. Jesus is known as the, the first resurrection of the dead. When you start to see this and you recognize that Satan is limited. He doesn't have what, what Jesus Christ has given us. We're going to get a new body, but we're to worship in spirit. We have the ability to tap into the spirit of God. That's why our bodies are the temple. We are to connect to God's spiritual. Something Satan can't do. And when his followers are doing all these things, the only thing that Satan can use in the spiritual realm are the fallen children. The ones that were the Nephilim when they died. They were earthbound. If you're ghost hunting and searching out spirits, come on. Think this through, people. You're watching these ghost shows, and all these ghost shows are talking about people that have lived within the past 100, 200 years. Okay? And they go to all these other locations. Why are you not seeing the spirit of Genghis Khan? Why are we not tapping into the spirit of Alexander the Great? Why are those spirits not still hanging around? 
Don't you think they would have unfinished business? They try to conquer the world. They try to conquer the world. You don't think they don't have unfinished business? They didn't do it. They didn't accomplish their task. But yet you don't see that. Why is it that when you're sitting there taking ayahuasca and all this and, and things that get you in that realm to see God, as they like to say, God doesn't put anything in there for you. There, there, there is nothing that you have, nothing you can do to be able to reach God. Nothing. Only through the grace of Jesus Christ can you ever reach him. You can take as many mellow mushrooms and all these trips you want to go on and never leave your house. But you're not tapping into the one true God. You're tapping into the spirit world of this world where Satan is using those spirits to be able to sit there. And here's the thing, guys. Oh, but this, this psychic knew. He knew. He, she, she, she knew everything about me. And who my family was. And all this was. And this and that. And only that per Only, 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 only. Come on now. How do you think demons get in? They tap into you mentally. If you really want to look at it, I would say that they're pretty much like able to throw in thoughts. They can, they can mentally read you. And they're using you to deceive you. Satan isn't all powerful. He's physically here. He may have the abilities that other humans don't have because he is a fallen angel. He may have all those things, but he's going to be still physically here. He left his first estate. And that's why he hates it so much is because he was cast down here to earth. And he can't be able to get on a rocket ship and beam out of here. Come on, you got these fallen angels that exist and... You think that if they had the ability to go back to the heavens, that they wouldn't? They had the ability to build a rocket ship and leave this planet, that they wouldn't? No, they can't leave because there's a firmament. They're trapped here. This is a holding cell for them for the coming judgment by the judge, the righteous judge, Jesus Christ. When he passes that judgment that they know is coming... Because he is the one that was prophesied in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that says that he will crush your head. He knows it, and he knows that in a short time. You Satanists out there, they're getting filled with these demons giving you these powers? You see that that is powerful? You have no idea the power that Christ has already won the battle. And already conquered it. We cannot sit here any longer and hide behind and think as Christians, all is well.
it's okay. No, we need to tell them we love them. And we need to bind them demons. Because I'm going to tell you something. If not, you'll be like what I was. I was a believer in Jesus Christ. And he cured me of my cancer. And I was living off of the past of what he did for me. Instead of living in the present of what he was doing in me. Instead of me allowing him to work through me, I allow myself to act as if I was working for him. But never surrendering my all. I am a comic book collector and I love comics. And I have gone through, and I will still go through, every time I come across something in that realm that is not of him, I'm throwing it away. Is there something in your life right now that, that Satan has allowed a demon to beguile you into having? And without your knowledge, you're actually giving it a place of honor where the only place of honor should ever be for is Jesus Christ? I did. I have. And I prayed about it and I'm getting rid of it. God is not going to make you do anything. He wants you to choose to do it for him. See, I was asked a question that if Lucifer came and asked the father to forgive him for what he did, it was something that I had been always pondering ever since I became a believer in Jesus Christ. Ever since I got sick with cancer, it was something of thought. And I'm now in my, my mid-40s. So for 30 years, I have been thinking the thought, what if, what if, what if? And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom and ended up in a place that I was like, how did I get here? Why did I get here? That I realized and that God revealed to me in his word, not by some, me sitting there doing some meditation stuff, but in his word, he showed me that it was Adam that sinned and Eve was beguiled. I wish I had written that scripture down real quick uh, for that. I'm going to ask my beautiful wife if she doesn't mind pulling that up where it, where it's mentioned in the Old Testament that, say, that Adam sinned and, and Eve was beguiled. Because I know a lot of you are going to say, hey, she sinned too. And I'm not saying she didn't. But see, God gives us an order of things. It's why I, as a man and the head of the household, and that what I allow to come into the house, into my household, is either to bring life or death. And that's what Adam did. He allowed life or death to come into his household. And he allowed death to come in. So did you did you pull it up by chance? Can you tell me? Genesis three thirteen. Yeah, well I got that one, but where 
It's in the new. It's Paul talking. It's in the New Testament. I just read. I I, I should have had it written down. I apologize. Um, and as she's doing that, but God, let me go back to what I was saying. Is that God revealed to me that He had told Adam. First Timothy uh, two fourteen. First Timothy. One second, I'm gonna turn there real quick. First Timothy chapter two. Thirteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yes, yes, I think so. Okay. So and I'll read that to you in just one second. Um everyone. But God said I told Adam what he was able to do in the garden. I allowed Adam to name all the animals. God created the animals and yet he let Adam name them. Think about that so much. How many things have you created and you take credit for it and you're not going to let anybody else be able to put their little mark I'm an artist, okay? Uh, and I did an artwork last night. And funny thing is, is at the very end, I signed my name on it. And I said, look, I signed my name on it. Because typically, I'm, I forget to do that. But And I and I, that was to make sure that people knew it was my artwork that I did that. And I didn't allow anybody else to add to it. But God put his handiwork and his artwork into his creation and yet he shared it with Adam and allowed him to name the animals. He walked with God in the cool of the day. And so God tells him, this is the garden. This is my garden on my mountain. This is my garden that I have made for you to dwell in. And you get to name the animals. And God noticed that he was, he gave everyone else a helpmate, but he, Adam, he had not. And so he put a deep sleep on him and he gave Adam a helpmate who was Eve. And it was Adam's responsibility because Adam had already been walking with God. So he had already known the rules. And as he knew the rules, he was sharing them, supposed to share them with Eve. When Adam wakes up and sees Eve, he is beside himself. He says, I will call her woman because she was taken from my flesh. God allowed Adam to call Eve woman. And so from there, it's his responsibility. And this is how, how great the father is. So when that happened, as the serpent is coming in to the garden, he doesn't go to Adam directly. But he does go to Adam, to him, his most precious possession. You might not look at it that way, but think about it, though. Satan doesn't go to Adam to trick Adam. But he does go to Adam's most prized possession, which is Eve. 
And as he is talking and beguiling Eve, at any time, Adam could have stopped it, could have stepped in, could have prevented it, and said, no, I talked to the father myself, and he let me name all the animals, and she was come from my flesh, and she is woman, she is my, I love her so much. I know what the father's told me. You may be a being of light. You may look like one of the holy angels, but what you're speaking doesn't match up with what I was told by the father. He doesn't do that. And she eats it. And she turns and goes, it's good to eat, Adam. And he takes it and he eats it himself. See, Adam should have been her redeemer, so he was that Satan was physically there. And in doing so, this right here shows us exactly. In chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Adam was not this, uh, not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So we see that she was deceived. But soon as Adam ate, sin entered into man. And it was passed down through Adam's seed. Our sin was sowed into mankind for every generation. And God held Adam accountable. And so I was shown in that that you, you see this, that God says, I told the angels what they were to do and what they were not to do. They were with me as I did creation. They had all the secrets and all the knowledge of heaven and they were within my presence. So I have to hold them accountable for being the murderers and the sin sowers and the deceit. Don't think that Satan is all powerful in your life. Satan is physical and he has all the attributes. And he may try to disguise himself as an angel of light, but understand that he is limited and that he is not omnipresent. He has demons that do his bidding. He has other fallen angels that obey him. But they are limited, and they know that they are because the Messiah was born by a virgin who was sinless, who is the second Adam, who is the one that's going to do the deadly blow to his head. We will be going into more of this because I'm going to get into talks about witchcraft and uh, Satanism.
And this is the direction I want to take this podcast. Because I think to understand the plot of confusion of this world is that you got to be able to expose the evils of this world. Stay in prayer for one another. Don't think that you can't be touched. Because when you slip out of the will of God, the devil's going to be right there to try and tear you down. Let's end this in a word of prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. That anyone that is out there that is being deceived, beguiled by Satan and his minions, I pray that you will use this podcast, that you will use this message to bring deliverance from this time forward, Father. I give this podcast to you. It is not mine. It is yours. Please do with what as you will and have mercy on our souls and take care of us and thank you for loving us and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom, Shalom. Amen. God bless. If you want to reach out to me, please do. Um, you can reach out to me by my email, which is DerekDavisArt at gmail.com. And hopefully, if you want to leave comments and if you have prayer requests, please do so in the comment section. Uh, I'll leave a question and you can leave those there. God bless.